Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. All right. Anybody else feel like the world is right because football is back? Come on. I know I can get a lot of amens. We're in Lubbock, Texas. I know y'all are still hurting from last night, but that was a tough one to watch. All right. Um, it's funny, I have one of my good buddies up here in the front row, and he is a massive Oregon fan. I mean, has been for, for years and years and years. And uh, we have uh, another guy in our church that they have tickets to the Tech game, and they've kind of got a, a, like, not box seats, but, you know, you can kind of go in, there's a meal and, and all this stuff. And my, my friend Brody sent me a video last night. It's packed full of Texas Tech people in black and red. And he's just sporting all Oregon gear in this place. He just gave a video. He's the only one. He almost got in like four fights, I think. It was just a, it was a crazy night. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited that football is back. I'm super excited I get to go home, take a nap, and fall asleep to some game that's on. Because that's what I do. I don't really watch it. I just kind of have it going on in the background and just kind of watch a little bit. So. So um, anyway, um, thank you guys for being here today. Uh, I really appreciate you coming and uh, being a part of what God is doing here and, and being a part of just the, the big C church. Amen. Uh, how many know you're doing a really good job today? Anybody ever believe that? Like you're actually doing a really good job. There's a lot of people who stop believing in church, stop believing in God, have just kind of done their own thing. And uh, yet here you are today. Here you are today in these seats pursuing God. A lot of times we don't give ourselves enough, uh, enough credit. We don't think of ourselves good enough. Amen. I want you to think good of yourself today. That you're actually doing a really, really, really good job. The fact that you're sitting here today either means, number one, your wife drug you here or you're pursuing God. It's one or the other. Your wife, hey, if, if she drug you here, I, I'll just pray that you get zapped by God today. He gets you today. Um, but, uh, again, just, just thanks for, for being here. I, Hope you enjoy the message today. Um, I feel like this, the Lord is on this. It's something special for you. Um, I, I want to start by reminding you of a vision that I had about five or six weeks ago. <clears throat> as I began to study I, uh, th- this message I've been teaching on identity and performance. Uh, about five or six weeks ago, I started this. I preached two weeks on it, and then we've kind of had some other pastors in a break in between. But I want to kind of go back to that idea of, of talking to you about identity and performance. What do I mean by performance? I'm talking about the performance that we all tend to fall into when it comes to our everyday life and our relationship with God. There's no one immune to the idea of performing for God. Um, Why? Because we all sin, we all fall short, we all make mistakes, and we all feel bad. We all get in little funks. We all run away from God when we've sinned. What does that let us know? It lets us know that there's still a little bit of law left in our life. There's still a little bit of performance left in our soul. It's something that we are all on a journey in working out of our life. And as I was studying this idea of identity and performance, I, I had this vision and I, I saw um, just like each of us, the best way I can describe it is it's as if we were walking and living in these different realms or worlds. I mean, you could picture it this way, um, a picture like these little bitty clouds or bubbles. And we're all walking around in each of these bubbles and in each of these realms and these worlds. And what these worlds represented, 
they represented in the vision, they represented places we've all put our identity in something or someone other than God. I don't know if you, you've realized this or not, but a little bit of our identity is in different places. It's quiet in here today. Y'all listening? Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? Um, we, we just have to be honest. This is the honest church. We like to tell the truth here. We like to be real. <clears throat> um, there are places in our life where we, we put our identity in something or someone other than our identity completely in Jesus Christ. We have our identity in in our performance. We have our identity in our status. We have our identity in the job that we have or don't have. We have our identity in, in um, our talents and our abilities. We have our identity in how much money we make. A lot of us put our identity in our past. Most of the time, that's a bad thing. Most of the time, it's, it's, the, it's the mistakes that we've made and the sin that we used to be in. Everyone knows the guy that's still living in his high school days, and he goes and gets around his buddies. He's like, man, back in the day, man, if we didn't play football like that. We played football like real men. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And they still got just a little bit of their identity in the fact that they were really a backup. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <clears throat> there's, there's places that we, we put our identity in, and it's as if I saw each one of us as individuals, my life. And here I was walking in these different realms, in these different worlds. For you, picture yourself walking around, putting your identity in these different places. And what I, what I saw in the vision is I saw God reaching up. And if you will let him do this, I saw him reaching up and actually pulling you out of every realm that you would give him. I actually saw him taking you out of all the worlds and all the places that you've put your identity in something other than him. And I saw him, when he did that, I saw him holding you in his hand and holding me in his hand. Now, um, you know, visions with the Lord can be, uh, first of all, that's kind of a crazy term. Um, It was, uh, if I could say it this way, I was picturing all this in my mind. And, um, but what I saw is I actually saw like we were, um, the best way I can describe it is like we were a Barbie doll. Here we go. All right. Um, <clears throat> I was not going to share this until I shared it with my wife. And I'm like, oh, this is actually weird, but it's good. It, I mean, the Lord showed it to me. So here we go. Um, but that, that's kind of the size we were as we were walking around in all these, these bubbles. And he pulled us down and he was holding us in our hand. And it was, and we were naked, not, not naked. I live in Texas. We're naked. All right. And um, so say again, it's not okay to say this. It is. It is right. It's naked. It's with like an E. It's N-E-K-E-D. Okay. Um, and, he, and God was holding us in his hand. And the point of that was here we were completely stripped of everything. And we were good enough. We were restored to that, that place when he created Adam and Eve in the garden holding us in his hand as sons and his daughters with literally nothing to show for. And we were good enough. The Lord expounded upon that, that, that picture. He said, isn't it interesting? I'm holding you in a hand, in my hand, a hand with fingerprints that speak of identity, that speak of uniqueness, that speak of a complete masterpiece. 
You know God says that about you, that you're his masterpiece, that you're his workmanship. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. I can't find a scripture for it, but it's just an um, observation that I have. If God worked on it, it's probably really good. If you are his workmanship, I'm guessing you're perfect. That's really what today is about. It's about allowing God to reach up and take you out of the realms and take you out of the worlds where you have put your identity in something other than him. It's not a, it, it, this is not a moment to wallow around in shame and condemnation. It's, it's a moment for him to reveal an area and say, yeah, Lord, you're right, and you can have it. Yeah, Lord, you're right. Take me out of that place and hold me in your hand. And let me being a son be good enough. Let me being a daughter be good enough. Let me step into this journey of realizing that as a son and as a daughter, this is actually everything. It's actually all that I need. Galatians chapter 3. Um, we're going to read kind of the end of Galatians 3 into, into chapter 4. <clears throat> but I love what, what Paul says. He says in verse 26, he says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, just so you know, that word sons means child. It, mean, it means both male and female here, right? It says, for you are all sons of God through, through, through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. These are big statements that Paul is teaching here. He's, he's speaking of the fact that the Gentiles are now grafted into the people of God. It was a big statement for, for him to say, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, because before that day it mattered. Females weren't even counted in the Bible. There, there, there were things that they could not do, they weren't allowed to do, they weren't considered, they weren't put into places of authority. He said, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Neither slave nor free. Verse 29, he says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Come on, say, I'm an heir. You move on to, to chapter 4, verse 1. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Um, just to, that, that can be a little bit confusing there. What Paul is referring to is, our, is, is, the, is us being under the law, the people of God being under the law. Before Jesus came, it was this way of relationship with God under the law. It was rules and regulations. I've preached a bunch on that this year. You know what I'm saying. Here's what he's talking about. You were a slave. You were an heir, but you were, even as a follower of God, you were an heir, but you were still a slave under that principle until the time of Jesus came. Until, let me say it this way, the age of grace came. We live in the age of grace. And here, here's what he's explaining in verse three. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent Jesus. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, the Holy Spirit, into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, 
You are no longer a slave, but a son. Come on, man, I need an amen right there. <laughs> you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Um, I want to title the message today, Death to Performance. Death to Performance. Would you just take a moment and pray with me? <clears throat> Jesus, we, we thank you for your word, that it's life to us. <clears throat> we ask you to, uh, yeah, just to speak to us, Holy Spirit, um, to grow us today, to mature us today. We just say we love you and we follow you and we want to look more like you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Uh, I'm going to take you back to childhood for just a moment. How many of you remember the game Tug of War? Anybody remember a little Tug of War, right? Um, I, I had forgotten how this went down back in the day until about two or three years ago. I was helping with like a field day <clears throat> at, my, uh, at my son's school. And all of a sudden they lay out the big old tug of war rope and they, they get each class to, to come and get on each side. Well, a class is like 25 to 30 kids. You remember this? I didn't remember there were 60 people on that rope. Like, they were, they were, there was 20 to 30 kids on this side and 20 to 30 kids on this side. And if you remember, they put a little red or, or a colored bandana right in the middle. The teacher's holding it. And um, I act like i got to explain tug-of-war to you guys, but I'm going to. Um, and they say, go, and what happens? All the kids just start pulling, right? Big kids are in the back. Some of them will get in the loop, and they turn and run. And, like, it's this whole thing. And, and what you see most of the time is boom, they hit, and if it's, if it's two even teams, that, that bandana stays right in the middle, right? It's not moving. Then all of a sudden, it'll start to inch towards one team, and they'll start to get the momentum, and they start to get excited, but then what happens? They all start to get tired, right? And all of a sudden, they start to get yanked back by the other team, and it, and it goes back and forth. Um, I, I'm, I'm using that example today because I believe it's actually a, a, a great, everybody, would you give it up for my wife, Natalie Knoll? She just came to church. Sorry, I got, I got distracted by her beauty, and I couldn't, I just had to acknowledge what was going on. That's mine. That's mine right there. All right, moving on. Tug of war. Tug of war. <clears throat> I love that picture because I believe it's a great picture of what happens to our, our identity. Our identity is under a consistent tug of war. And, and it, it's like on one side you have the promises of God that say you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And, and you're, you're an heir, just like we read about. You've been adopted as a son. You are no longer a slave but a son. And boom, it's pulling, 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 pulling. But then what happens? World, the world happens, life happens, performance happens. And what I, would, what I would argue to you today, what I'd present to you today, is that on the other side of this rope is two things that I like to call success and failure. And you know what success and failure do? They pull on your identity. Oh, come on, I'm preaching now. They actually pull on your identity. Because you know what success and failure always try to do? They try to define you. Success and failure tries to define you. And the reason there is a consistent tug of war for your identity is because there is consistent success and failure in our life. I simply just want to make you aware of this today. 
be aware that, that the journey of finding your identity in him it doesn't stop like the game tug of war. It doesn't all of a sudden break and you win and, you're all, and you just hang out as a son and a daughter. There's nothing that can ever pull you away. You just might as well be raptured up to heaven. You did it. You got it. You, you got the t-shirt. You're good. So encouraging today, right? Now, you can, you can get into a very strong place of knowing who you are. But life has a way through success and failure at inching you back this way into performance, into what I would argue your false identity. <clears throat> you know, as we, when we talk about identity in church, a lot of times we, 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 really, we really hit on the failures, the mistakes, and the sin in our life. Don't let that sin define you. Don't let mistakes define you. Don't let your failures define you and, and strip you of your identity. And I, I, I'm preaching that today. Do not let your past, don't let your sin, don't let your mistakes actually pull you away from who you really are in Christ because the finished work of the cross declares you are righteous. Despite how bad you may live, despite how much sin may still be in your life, if you love Jesus and you're in a relationship with him and you are pursuing him, your identity is settled. You are a son and you are a daughter. But what we don't preach a lot about in the church is how success is actually the same thing. Success does the same thing that failure does. Because you know what you aren't? You're also not, you're also not how good you are outside of God. You're also not how much money you make. You're, not, you're also not how good of a doctor you are or how, how big of a degree that you are or the fact that when your kids become the starter and they start, their head just starts to... We love to, hey, when they're not the starter and when they're struggling to build them up, you, this is who you are in Christ. What we have to remember to do for them is also when they actually start to get good, hey, just remind them, hey, buddy, <clears throat> you'd be nothing without him. Everything you have is because of him. Enjoy it. Lo love life. Enjoy what God has given you. Enjoy the talent he's placed in you. But, but, but don't let that become your identity. See, success and failure both try to define you. They both pull on your identity. So we are under a consistent tug of war. What can we do? It's a great question. We can continue to live in the promises of God is what we can do. We live in this place where we're reminding ourselves who we actually are in him. Anybody ever get tired of reminding yourself? Look, can we just be honest? It's like, man, why do I, why do I have to com com continue to remind myself? Because there's a continual tug of war. That's why. Why do I have to continue to fight and renew my mind? Because there's a, continue, there's a continual fight as you live on this earth. We are in heaven. And there is a fight here. There is a spiritual war. And the, and the enemy would love nothing more than to convince you that you are something you aren't. And what I mean that you are, I'm talking about who you are in God. He would love nothing more than to convince you you aren't who God says you are. You can't do what he says you can do. 
you aren't as amazing as the preacher keeps preaching to you about. Um, the enemy has a lot of trouble on his hands when the believers of God actually start believing who they really are. Paul uses some big statements in here in Galatians. He says, you're an heir of the promise. An heir. That speaks, that speaks to me about a lot of things. Like, <clears throat> you're not just the heir of a millionaire, which would be great. Yes, Lord, I receive that in Jesus' name. <clears throat> That'd be awesome. You're an heir of the heavenly father who has so much riches that when we get up there and hang out in his world, he doesn't pave the ground with caliche or asphalt. He's like, yeah, what's the best? Gold. Yeah, we'll walk on that. We'll walk on that. That's who you're the heir of. And, and hear me today. I'm talking about way more than, than financial riches here. <laughs> He's rich in everything. In everything. Freedom, relationships, you name it. He's got it all. Peace, whatever you need, he's got it. That's who we are in him, amen? This is what Paul was referring to. <clears throat> and so here we are in this journey of, of actually discovering who we are in him. And I, I really want to encourage you today, this, this is a journey. Come on, say it's a journey. It's actually a journey. It's actually a journey. If you find yourself pulled all the way over here today, the grace of God covers you and his mercy covers you. Well, how do I get back? Simple, renew your mind. All the way over here. What if you find yourself back there on Wednesday? Go to home church. See how I just did that? Do you see what I did right there? <clears throat> Renew your mind back into who he's called you to be. You know, you know a place that we do this probably more than anywhere else as, as mature believers? We actually, we do it in our relationship with God. I succeeded in my relationship with God today. I failed. I succeeded, I failed. And we get pulled over into this success read my Bible five times this week. I am killing it. I am a son. I feel it today. <clears throat> We're on this journey of just discovering who we, we really are in him. Now, <clears throat> here's where I'm going I'm to kind of pivot here and, and kind of take you to a place where I wanted to get the last two messages, and I'm, I'm finally here. Um, how does this, this kind of message, I, I want to ask you this question. How does this actually apply to our everyday life? How does it apply to our everyday life? Because what I find is when we start talking about, you know, I, I titled the message death to performance. Like we need to stop performing. It's not about success. It's not about failure. No matter how well you do or how bad you do, you still are a son. You still are, are a daughter. Your identity is set. We can get into this place where we ask, ask this question, well, then, if all that's true, what am I supposed to do then? If it doesn't really matter, like, 
if I do a good job or not, I'm still a son. Like we kind of like, how, do, how does it work with like what we're supposed to do in the kingdom? Is it, does this make sense? Anybody ever get to this place where you hear about grace and identity and you're like, all right, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So like, I think I'm just going to be good, not do much. How, how does this dynamic work? Well, <clears throat> I believe this, this will really help you today. First, let me say this. Um, we're still supposed to do stuff. Let me be super clear. We're still called to do stuff. Jesus still wants us to do stuff in his kingdom. We're, 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 we still have a call. We still have a mission. We still have something to accomplish. We still have gifts and talents on the inside of us for a reason. We still have something to do. And I'm going to add on to that. And we're supposed to do a good job. We still need to do a good job. Wait, hold on a second. You said it wasn't about success or failure. I know. It's not. But you still need to succeed. You still need to do a good job. We're still meant to take his message forward and his kingdom forward and to advance the kingdom of light in a dark world. That is true. So how, how does this work again? The Lord gave me this statement and I, it really, really helped me and I, I believe it will help you today. <clears throat> and the answer to what I just asked you is kind of wrapped up in this. God has not called us to a life of performance. He's called us to a life of stewardship. He's not called us to a life of performance. The kingdom, I made a, I made a statement a couple of weeks ago and I said there's, not, there's no performance in the kingdom. That may have rocked some of you, you may have not agreed. But what I mean by that, when I think of the word performance, I think of, I think of going out and doing something to get something. I'm gonna go out and I'm going to entertain. I'm going to... To, uh, to, to do this to win or, or get a prize or get a trophy or I'm going to go and work for uh, someone's approval. It's performance. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that actually exists in the kingdom. The kingdom isn't about performance. It's about stewardship. And that word stewardship does it for me. Okay, how does this whole thing work where uh, I, I'm a son and I'm good but I'm still supposed to do something? It works around this one word. Be a good steward. See, as a son, I realize that <clears throat> I stay a son when I know that it's about stewardship. Because the reason that I got something to steward was because I was a son. Is this making sense? This is what we learn in the parable of the talents. I don't have time to, to read it to you today, but you all know the story. And it's a story representing the kingdom. And it says a master goes away for a long time, but before he goes away, what does he do? He has his three servants come up and he gives them, he gives them talents. By the way, that just means money. It was a form of currency. And he gives one five, one two, one one. And then it says that he leaves and then he comes back. And he comes back to see how his servants stewarded the talent. I want to point out something to you today. Notice that he just gave them. He gave them the talent according to their ability. It didn't say they worked for it. It didn't say one did better, that's why he got five. 
The other one did kind of good, that's why he got two. And the other one, just not so good, and he got one because he felt sorry for him. No, 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 it said according to their abilities, according to their capacity. Who gave them the ability and who gave them the capacity? God did. And he gave, without them working for it, he gave, let me say it this way, he gave them something to steward. <coughs> the prodigal son, what do we see? We see an heir who decided to steward what was given to him a different way, a way that he shouldn't. And yet, what's the beauty of the story? He lost it all and was restored as a son. He did a bad job. He did not steward well what God had given him. And praise God for his grace and praise him for his mercy. All the, all the son had to do was decide to come back and realize, you know, actually, you know how he came back? He came back as a slave. He came back wanting just to be a slave. Just wanna be, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just take, I'll just take being a slave. And his father said, boy, what you talking about? Here's a robe, here's brand new shoes, here's a ring, you're still an heir. He failed. What do we have on the other, uh, other son? The other son. The, the, the one who failed put his identity in his failure. The one who did a good job had all of his identity in the fact that he was doing a good job stewarding. And he missed it too, didn't he? Didn't you know that, son, didn't you know that all I had was yours? I'd have thrown a party whenever you asked. He didn't know. He didn't understand who he was. What's the point? I'm not here to perform, but I am here to steward. And I am here in the midst of my stewardship to keep my identity so in him, to keep my sonship all the way in him, to picture him, oh, he will pull me out. Oh, you did a good job this week? That's great, did you enjoy it? Absolutely, should you? Yeah, is there any identity in that? Yeah, there's a little bit. All right, Lord, take me right back out and put me in your hand. Put me in your, keep me here. Keep me here as a son. Some of you need to realize this today. You, you, are, you will never be more powerful than the moments that you realize your sonship and your daughterhood. You wanna know how you live in power in the kingdom? It's, it's realizing and believing you're in his hand. It's realizing and believing you're a son. Tell a quick story and I'll be done. <clears throat> I um, this was back in college and I was a I was a redshirt freshman I think on the football team. I think yeah I was redshirt freshman. We were had we we I was the backup quarterback. We were seven and zero, doing really really good that year, and our quarterback got a concussion that last game and I was the starter going in playing against Abilene Christian, a bunch of Christians. Got to go play a bunch of Christians, and. Um, I remember going to that game, being seven and zero, 
as the backup starting, obviously there's a lot of pressure not, not to uh, perform for the first loss. And <clears throat> I woke up that morning, we, as a team, we went to go eat breakfast. I was so nervous, I, just, I couldn't eat. I just couldn't even eat. It was miserable. I, I, I was, I mean, just, you wanna talk about butterflies to the max. And I'm fighting through these nerves and I have a buddy, a, a fellow believer, he comes over, his name was Chris Snap, an amazing guy. And he came over to me and um, we started talking. He noticed I wasn't eating. He's like, bro, are you, are you okay? I'm like, I'm, I'm not okay. <laughs> I am not okay. And, uh, and he looked at me and he's like, um, you do realize that he didn't bring you this far to fail, right? You know, he didn't give you all these talents and abilities just to set you up to fail. And it was the perfect thing he could have said to me. Because in that moment, I, I didn't have all these thoughts. I, I can look back now and put these thoughts together. But I realized what it did in my soul. I realized it, he, 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 kind of, he kind of took the idea of performance and just shoved it down. And I, and I realized in that moment, oh, oh yeah. God's given me these talents to steward. He's given me these abilities for a reason. And if he gave me the abilities, that must mean that he's with me. It must mean that he's on my side. It must mean that he, he trusted me with the ability. It must mean that he wants me to do something good with it. And all of a sudden my mindset went from, I gotta perform and do all these great things to I'm actually a son who has been given gifts and talents. And as I walk out on that field, guess who's with me? Him. Guess who's with you? Him. You got a big gift? You got a big anointing? You got a big call on your life? Oh yeah, of course you do. Guess who's with you? Him. Him. How in the world am I ever gonna accomplish what he's called me to accomplish? Him. Yeah, but I feel inadequate. I feel like I'm not the right person. Him. Now, I'm not made for this. In fact, this is a weakness. Has he called you to it? Yeah, I just really feel like he's called you to it. Perfect, him, him. <clears throat> See this life, it's a life of faith. It's a life of power. It's a life of sonship. It's, it's a life of stewardship. That's what he's called you to, amen. As we close the day, just want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, realize you're in a tug of war for your identity. Side on the promises of God. Let the promises of God pull you deeper into him. Number two, let's be good stewards and not performers. Let's be good stewards and not performers. Realize you've been given something to steward. Do well with it, but even in the midst of your stewardship, whether you're doing well or not, realize you're still a son. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.